Welcome to another edition of the Corona Chronicles. Because lies are the virus and truth is the cure. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas. This is Corona Chronicles Part 4. You can listen to all previous parts either on our website, veritasradio.com, if you are a member, or on YouTube, if YouTube has not removed them. Those would be Part 1, 2, and 3. Remember to support this independent media platform free of the globalist Hydra by subscribing at VeritasRadio.com. Let's begin. First, I want to share with you some first-hand information from members of my family regarding the COVID-19 tests. Quote, This just happened. R and I were able to take a few more experimental antibody tests for the COVID-19 virus. We tested a few different companies. There are a lot of tests out there. Be careful as they want to charge between $50 and $150 per test out of pocket. I definitely feel in my heart this is not enough info for us to go by at all. I have now taken four tests. I am negative in all with a slight faint line in one of the tests. R tested positive on two and negative on three. Go figure. He's more confused now too. Bottom line, we can't stop living but we can take extra precautions as we do with everything else. Stay safe. Unquote. There you have it. Multiple tests, different results. This is exactly what I've been saying for weeks now. Apparently, these tests give almost 50% inaccurate results. If that's the case, how can we trust that the information being shared by the Johns Hopkins University that is the apparently the central location where all hospitals feed into. And guess what? The Johns Hopkins University was one of the sponsors for the event 201. Remember that? The Gates Foundation? We discussed that in our previous Corona Chronicles. Now let's proceed with more information that I've been getting with a, from a lot of people. I'm just distilling what I deem to be the best. The following seems to be positive news. The headline reads, this is from April the 14th, I believe, a few days ago. U.S. Surgeon General Adams dumps Bill Gates, WHO, CDC, Predictive Contagion Model. And it reads, in a stunning turn of events, Surgeon General Jerome Adams explained in an interview on Live XM Radio that the Coronavirus Task Force has effectively dumped the Bill Gates, CDC, WHO, Predictive Contagion Model and is now working with the real data. He explained on the SiriusXM's Breitbart News Daily host Alex Marlowe that given the new data, businesses will begin to reopen as early as May, others in June. This runs contrary to the out-and-out fear-mongering of Dr. Fauci and Bill Gates who have made a media tour, threatening the public that businesses may not reopen for six months to a year or until and unless governments purchase their conveniently patented Big Pharma vaccination. And take a look at the states, and I've said this before, the states, the governors, that continue to prolong this shutdown. There's a big difference between the ones who are exploring the reopening and those who say no. Next we have Bill Gates. World Bank helped build global digital ID structure before pandemic. This is from April 14th. By Daniel Taylor, activist Post. It reads... Under the Digital Inclusion Initiative, Bill Gates was pushing for India's ADAR digital ID system 
to expand around the world prior to the outbreak, the World Bank is heavily invested in the project. Bill Gates has emerged as a global quote-unquote authority in the wake of COVID-19, funding vaccines and advising governments on how to respond to the pandemic. Gates was busily working to establish global digital ID infrastructure long before the outbreak, which is now being promoted as a way to combat the virus. The GSNA, the Industry Organization for Global Mobile Operators, recently published a report detailing the push for digital ID systems worldwide to respond to COVID-19. State governments in India are adapting real-time digital identification mechanisms to monitor compliance with quarantines arising from the COVID-19 pandemic. Meanwhile, the Jamaican government is looking to fast-track the rollout of its national identification system to help it dispense aid in response to the COVID-19 outbreak. GSMA technologies are supported by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. As reported last year, the biometrics company Idemia joined the project. Idemia has joined the newly launched GSMA Inclusive Tech Lab to support the development of innovations and future technologies that boost digital and financial inclusion. The GSMA Inclusive Tech Lab intends to promote access to financial, healthcare, mobility, and other services by supporting initiatives around open APIs, artificial intelligence, and digital identity. The GSMA Inclusive Tech Lab is supported by the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation. Idemia is a central company involved in supplying the infrastructure needs of most digital and biometric ID systems around the world. Idemia also makes driver's licenses in the United States. In 2019, All Thinker News reported that Bill Gates was pushing for India's Adar digital ID system, supported by Idemia, now promoted to fight COVID-19 to expand around the world. It's not just a social credit score system spreading around the world from China that threatens the free people of the world. India's Adar National ID program has the full support of Bill Gates and the World Bank as a model for other countries to follow. Gates said in a 2018 CNBC interview that it was quote-unquote too bad if someone thought that Adar was a privacy issue. I've been telling you for years that the Chinese Sesame Social Score was coming to the United States. It's already creeping up in other countries. And Bill Gates is at the forefront. And by the way, when you think Bill Gates, just think of who's behind him. He's just the face. Just like Epstein was the face. You have Henry Kissinger. You have George Soros. And many others. These are the people behind the scenes working for the globalist agenda. And the following comes from Joseph Atwill, one of our former guests on Veritas. And this comes from his social media account. He says, quote, I live in what is called the Tri-Counties, three contiguous counties on the central coast of California. We had our first recorded case of the coronavirus on March the 3rd and our first fatality on March 22nd. We have had 783 cases and 13 deaths to date. There are, of course, asymptomatic cases that have never been tested. So a reasonable estimate is that there are over 1,500 people infected with the virus in our area. All of our 13 fatalities were recorded as having an underlying cause of death. What exactly does this phrase mean? Underlying cause of death is defined by the World Health Organization as the disease or injury that initiated the train of events 
leading directly to death. The term is split into two categories. The first is chronic conditions. These are long-term medical diseases or illnesses like asthma, chronic bronchitis, diabetes, even if it is controlled with medication, heart disease, lung disease, liver disease, COPD, and cancer. These kind of conditions also tend to be incurable. The second category is basically any other condition that weakens the immune system and leaves someone immunocompromised. These tend to be shorter-term medical conditions that can impact a person's health, like serious infections such as pneumonia, an infection of the lungs. Those with autoimmune disorders like lupus, multiple sclerosis, and rheumatoid arthritis are also vulnerable. Therefore, our lockdown is not only illegal, it is insane. Anyone in either of the two categories above is aware they need to avoid contagious diseases. There is no need to destroy our economy to remind them. Moreover, the size of our infected is now largely enough to gauge the lethality of the virus. It is no more deadly than a common flu. Though we have 1,500 infected, no healthy person has perished to date from the coronavirus in the tri-counties. While one prays that this condition continues, even if it doesn't, a tragic fatality or two won't change the clear truth of the data to date. We must end the illegal and insane lockdown immediately and restore our freedom and our economy. We need to be in the streets. Joseph Hadwell. Thanks, Joe, for sharing your thoughts. And of course, many people out there who are not awake are now becoming awake. And sometimes you have to use a little bit of humor in order to convey your point. Take a look at this. Some of you may have seen this already on my social media. If you trust someone who has 500,000 shares with Monsanto, injured thousands of people with vaccines, plans to block out the sun, advocated for microchipping, sponsored the Satanist, and better known for spirit cooking, quote-unquote artist, Marina Abramovic, then you're a special kind of stupid. And you, some of you may have seen the commercial that Microsoft came out with a few days ago and they deleted it. They wiped it out because they had so many thousands and thousands of dislikes. If you're not getting it by now, the people of the likes of Bill Gates are Satanists. They do not value life. And they love the number six. And some of you may say, let me switch from Windows and PC to Apple. Not so fast. Did you know that the very first Apple computer that was released on April 11, 1976, 44 years ago, had an introductory price of, get this, $666.66, the equivalent of $2,995 in 2019. So whether you have a PC or Windows or an Apple product or Android, they're all the same. It's interesting how many people who say, my body, my choice, now are delegating that choice to someone else. Your body, his choice. And remember, during Coroner Chronicles Part 1, when I mentioned Gilead Pharmaceuticals and the drug Rindesivir, it's all over the place right now, weeks later. I told you, Fauci does not like 
hydroxychloroquine because it cannot be patented and is very inexpensive. If they really cared about our health, they would remove the majority of the ingredients being used in our food, in our water, in our air, but they don't. Remember, planned obsolescence, very important for appliances, for vehicles, and also for human beings. Do you really think that by being healthy, we're helping the bottom lines of the medical industry and the pharmaceutical industry? We're not. And if that's the case, they have to create demand so they can supply their quote-unquote treatments because cure is a profit killer for them. And here's something interesting about Dr. Anthony Fauci. If you've been the head guy for infectious diseases, like Dr. Fauci for 35 years since 1984, and you have served under six presidents, and you still are not prepared for a pandemic, which is still in the beginning stages, which has so far infected less than 1% of all Americans, and you don't even have basic things such as gloves or face masks stored up in a government warehouse, and don't even have basic plans or schematics to build a basic piece of equipment like a ventilator, then you are the biggest failure to ever serve in government. You only had one job, to deal with infectious diseases. You only had 35 years to prepare. He only had a budget of tens of billions, and he failed severely within a few weeks of the USA being struck by a virus. Right out of the gate, he failed. Wasn't prepared in the least. In the real world, you'd lose your job and maybe get arrested for manslaughter, but not in clown world. So either Doc is the biggest, hmm, I'm going to use this word, screw up on the planet, or this covet hysteria is part of a plan. And here's a factoid. If you had a fever and cough in January, it was called the flu. If you have it now, it's the reason to surrender your civil liberties. And by the way, many doctors are silently expressing their views, stating that more than likely those people who are coming out positive with COVID-19 were people who were vaccinated with the flu shot in the past 10 years. And guess what? Coronavirus is one of the ingredients of the flu shot. Do some research and find out for yourself. And this one reads, Don't allow your cognitive dissonance to stop you from understanding this. Channel 7 press conference and 60 Minutes, both stating that we cannot get rid of COVID-19 without a vaccine. But hold up. The flu shot hasn't eliminated the flu. The World Health Organization states that there are up to 650,000 deaths per year associated with respiratory diseases linked to seasonal flu, which we have a vaccine for that clearly does not work. And 20,000 people die of COVID and suddenly the only way we will save the universe is a mandated vaccine? Would you seriously roll up your own sleeves and line your children up for the new coronavirus vaccine when it's available? Honestly? End of message. More about Bill Gates. Why is Bill Gates so obsessed with vaccines? To quote-unquote save humanity? Then why is he not obsessed with clean water and nutrition? How many starving people are saved with vaccines? How many starving people are saved with food? So again, why is Bill Gates so obsessed with vaccines? And the following is something I've received a few dozen times this week. And I'm sure YouTube won't like it. But how to legally decline a vaccine? Step one. 
do not refuse a vaccine. Otherwise, you'll be considered belligerent. Instead, you can politely decline their services by doing the following. Step two, ask the doctor if the vaccine has MRC5 in it. They all do. These are aborted fetal cells and other DNA. If it does, you have the right to decline. Step three, also ask if there is a possibility of a latrogenic reaction, an adverse reaction caused by multiple compounds or drugs interacting with each other from the vaccine. They all do. When the doctor says, yes, it does, that's your get-out-of-vaccine-jail-free card. Thank the doctor for their offer and walk away. Remember, doctors have sworn the Hippocratic Oath, which is to do no harm, and they must honor it. This is how we can legally and respectfully decline their offered mandated services, and there is absolutely nothing they can do about it. Now you know. Here's more important information. This one reads, Vaccines are in direct violation of the Nuremberg Code. Forced, coerced, and mandated vaccination are in violation of these principles. A violation of Article 6 of the UNESCO 2005 Statement on Bioethics and Human Rights. Article 6, Section 1. Any preventive, diagnostic, and therapeutic medical intervention is only to be carried out by the prior, free, and informed consent of the person concerned based on adequate information. The consent should, where appropriate, be expressed and may be withdrawn by the person concerned at any time and for any reason without disadvantage or prejudice. Article 6, Section 3. In no case should a collective community agreement or the consent of a community leader or other authority substitute for an individual's informed consent. Good information. And of course, you probably knew this one. There's an old saying that when you put a frog in a pot of boiling water, it will react and immediately try to escape. However, if you put a frog in cool water and very gradually heat it up, the frog will be stuck in the comfort of its surroundings and stay complacent until it is too hot and too late. This serves as a brilliant metaphor for our own human behavior and our ignorance to the rollout of technology and sciences happening in our modern age. And obviously you see the image, 2G, 3G, 4G, 5G, 6G, and whatever comes after. And I've theorized this for over 12 years now about chemtrails and what there's brain. And as you know, it's been proven that there's brain among many things, strontium, barium, aluminum, aluminum causes dementia, it causes Parkinson's, Strontium causes cancer, it's radioactive, and barium depletes your body of potassium, which causes heart disease. So something tells me that Big Pharma and the globalists are behind whatever they're spraying. Imagine how much, how much money it takes to fly one plane. Imagine hundreds or if not thousands around the world on a daily basis. But my theory was always that these particles, these metallic particles in our air, are just making our atmosphere more conductive. So if we have these antennas with 3G, 4G, and maybe 5G now, when you turn that on, and we, living inside of this electromagnetic soup, if the air and the atmosphere is more conductive, I'm sure you can deduce what comes next. Have you ever put some metallic object inside of a microwave? Think 
of Paradise, California. Think of 9-11. And even the Alfred P. Mora building in Oklahoma City. But that's for another time. And don't you find it funny and interesting how Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks are criticizing hydroxychloroquine, which is what apparently saved them if they indeed had coronavirus, which some people are starting to doubt. I honestly believe that these celebrities who allege, and sports people who allegedly, as Shaquille O'Neal and, and some of them, that allegedly were confirmed positive, were actually not even sick. But of course, since the minions and the sheeple will follow what the celebrities say, well, I better get the shot. Well, I better get tested. I better get to the hospital before it's too late. But here's what Jim Stowen had to say on Tom Hanks, who is saying hydroxychloroquine had horrific side effects. But let me ask you before I read you the rest. If you are given the choice of taking a drug that had side effects or dying, which one would you take? Well, I know the answer. Would you be complaining about the side effects if it saved your life? Well, here's, here's what it says. Quote, we all saw your tweets and now you faked it. Tom, anyone who claims they had horrible side effects with the this common effective drug is a liar who wants people dead. Africa has the lowest levels of coronavirus deaths because Africans take hydroxychloroquine on a schedule to prevent malaria. It can be taken months before being exposed to coronavirus, and you'll be protected as long as you also take zinc. Hydroxychloroquine is such a benign medicine in such widespread use that has been in use so long that people would have complained about the quote-unquote severe side effects if there were any. This may be an obscure drug for Americans, but everyone in Africa, South America, much of Asia, and other areas take it as a normal matter, of course, for malaria. And I even said it during the last Corona Chronicles. Take a look at India. I believe last week they had 350 deaths, and their population is 1.4 billion, just like China. So this drug does not need approval. Millions of people already take it. It is certified and guaranteed safe. Anyone who hints otherwise is an abject fraud. Even the most remote bushwhacker in Africa takes it as a preventative for malaria. It is the drug that put an end to malaria and it costs only a penny a dose. No one out of millions of people have complained about horrific side effects. Yet, Two elitist celebrities did. Tom Hanks is the liar who is fronting for a certification of vaccine ID. And I said this on social media last week. Shutting down society until a vaccine is found is equivalent to saying stop driving until there are no risks or accidents. And of course, you can replace driving with flying, with hiking, with anything else. Now, here's another one. Sources close to the White House have said that on October 19, 2019, Dr. Shi Sengli took a bus from Wuhan's Institute of Technology to the location of the P4 lab, roughly 16 miles. She stopped only halfway through her journey, opened her suitcase, and placed a block contaminated dry ice near an air vent at the Wuhan wet market. The particular market was chosen because it is in the same building as hub of the world's largest high-speed rail network, and because he was not outside of her regular route 
of travel. The entire event was captured on CCTV. Make of this what you will. Chi Shengli, born 26 May 1964, is a Chinese virologist who came to international prominence as Batwoman during the 2019 and 20 coronavirus pandemic for her work with bat viruses. She is a researcher at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in the Chinese Academy of Sciences. She and colleagues Kui Ji found the SARS virus originated in bats. She is a member of the Virology Committee of the Chinese Society of Microbiology. She's an editor of the Board of Virology Sinica, the Chinese Journal of Virology and the Journal of Fishery Sciences of China. And by the way, ever since her name became public at the beginning of this onset of coronavirus, she disappeared from public view. By the way, what I'm reading here, I'm not saying that I believe in any of this, but I find it interesting and I think it's important for you to open more windows in your mind to be more exposed to different alternatives. I am coming to the conclusion that this virus originated it in the United States at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and when fund was discontinued, it was taken to Canada and then to Wuhan, where Fauci allowed the transference of millions of dollars, I believe it was $3.7 million, to the Wuhan, Wuhan lab where this situation happened. I don't believe it for a minute that it is a natural occurrence. It was created in a lab. Whether it was released on purpose or not, that's the question. But given the circumstances of the fact that it was released when it was, when over 5 million people from around the world Ethnic Chinese come to visit for the Chinese New Year and they all leave immediately after and spread the virus or whatever it was. And then China shuts down on purpose at the time when all factories are closed. Again, I'll repeat it. In my opinion, this was done as a concerted effort by the globalists with China who wanted to retake the number one super, uh, the economic superpower to put the United States on its knees and socialist elements of the Democratic Party in the United States. I know this offends a lot of people, but this is what I'm seeing. And this is why the governors, especially on the left, are the ones who want to keep their economies shut down until a treatment or a cure happens, even though they have been given hydroxychloroquine and some of them have signed executive orders banning it. Well, I believe Gretchen Whitmer, governor of Michigan, has since changed her mind and allowed hydroxychloroquine to be used. But Fauci still says that this is all anecdotal. And by the way, many of you have requested the name of Dr. Judy Mikovits, or Mikovits to be interviewed on, on Veritas. I have tried several times, but she's not responding. I believe she's extremely busy right now. But here's something. RFK, that's Robert F.K., Robert uh, Kennedy Jr., the truth about Fauci. Quote, Judy Mikovits, or Dr. Mikovits, is among her generation's most accomplished scientists. She joined NIH in 1980 as a postdoctoral scholar in molecular virology at the National Cancer Institute. Dr. Mikovits began a 20-year collaboration with Frank Rossetti, a pioneer in the field of human retrovirology. She helped Dr. Rossetti isolate the HIV virus, 
plus link it to AIDS in 1983. Her NIH boss, Anthony Fauci, delayed publication of that critical paper for six months to let his protege, Robert Gallo, replicate, publish, and claim credit. The delay in mass HIV testing let AIDS further spread around the globe, plus helped Fauci win promotion to director of NIAID. In 2006, Dr. Mikovits became director of Whitmore, Peterson Institute of Neuroimmune Disease, and collaborated with Dr. Rossetti, researching for the cause of chronic fatigue syndrome, which suddenly became epidemic in the 1980s. The male-dominated medical community dismissed CFS as psychosomatic, yuppie flu, caused when fragile females cracked in corporate jobs. Dr. Mikovits discovered that 67% of affected women carried a virus called senotropic murine leukemia-related virus that appeared in healthy women only 4% of the time. XMRV is also associated with prostate, breast, ovarian cancers, leukemia, and multiple myeloma. Many women with XMRV bore children with autism. In 2009, Dr. Mikovits and Rossetti published their explosive findings in the journal Science. But the question remained, how was XMRV getting into people? Other researchers linked the first CFS outbreak to a polio vaccine given to doctors and nurses that resulted in the 1934 Los Angeles County Hospital epidemic. That vaccine was cultivated on pulverized mouse brains. Retroviruses from dead animals can survive in cell lines and permanently contaminate vaccines. Dr. Mikovic's studies suggested that the XMRV virus was present in the MMR, polio, and encephalitis vaccines given to American children and soldiers. Dr. Fauci ordered Mikovic to keep her mouth shut. When she refused, he illegally confiscated her workbook and hard drives, drove her from government work, and blackballed her from receiving NIH grants, ending her science career. XMRV remains in American vaccines, unquote. And I believe she actually went to jail for five years. She has a new book out, and this is why I'm also trying to get her on the show. If any of you have a way to get in touch with her, her good friend Christy Dames, if you're listening, I think you have a way. And here's another important historical fact that we should not forget. Did you know that Stalin once ripped all the feathers of a live chicken as a lesson to his followers? He then set the chicken on the floor, a short distance away. The chicken was bloodied and suffering immensely. Yet, when Stalin began to toss some bits of wheat toward the chicken, it followed him around. He said to his followers, This is how easy it is to govern stupid people. They will follow you no matter how much pain you cause them. As long as you throw them, a little worthless treat once in a while. Unquote. Isn't this exactly what they're doing right now? And many people are falling for it, are swallowing hood, line, and sinker? I hope, if you're listening to this so far, you are not one of them. And this one, why is coronavirus only killing people after being tested? The corona death charts are people who died after testing positive. Why? Why is it that there are no cases of untested people that were found dead in their homes and cause of death was corona? Very interesting, huh? 
And in the past few days, I've been flooded by people sending me information about this. It says, do a search for patent number 060606. Here we go again with the 666. Then say sorry to your conspiracy theorist, friends, and family. On March 26, 2020, Microsoft filed a patent for a body interface cryptocurrency. That's right. A human body implanted microchip connected to a cloud computer system, harvesting biometric data. The crazy part? The patent number again is 060606. I wonder if this is the digital currency that the Democrats wanted to pass during the first bill. But of course, that money ran out for PPP, for the payroll protection program. There will be another one coming soon. I wonder if they'll squeeze that in. Imagine that. Mining a cryptocurrency with a microchip inserted in every human being. And the value is determined by the bodily function of your own organs. Here's a little abstract. Human body activity associated with a task provided to a user may be used in the mining process of a cryptocurrency system. A server may provide a task to a device of a user which is communicatively coupled to the server. A sensor communicatively coupled to or comprised in the device of the user may sense body activity of the user. Body activity data may be generated based on the sensed body activity of the user. The cryptocurrency system communicatively coupled to the device of the user may verify if the body activity data satisfies one or more conditions set by the cryptocurrency system and award cryptocurrency to the user whose body activity data is verified. This is incredible. And I've always said, if you haven't watched the movie in time, watch it. Instead of being like this, instead of you paying with money, you pay with time, time that you have left. You are microchipped and you can only live to a certain age. When you go to work and you insert your time card, at the end of the day, you get X number of hours back to your life. And you can buy products or services that way. And you can donate time to people who need it. It's starting to sound more like science fact and not science fiction. And did you know that hospitals get an extra $13,000 if they diagnose a death as COVID-19? And an additional $39,000 if they use a ventilator. Numbers that are fake. Only 2.2 million will die if you do what we say. No, actually... 200,000 will die. Wait, 80,000 will die. Now, 60,000 will die. See, we were right. Numbers that are real. 17 million Americans lost their jobs in three weeks. 5.5 million a week. One in 10 American workers. And that number is already past 25 million. The damage caused by the shutdown, as I've said from day one, will dwarf all deaths from coronavirus. Now, here's another one that's making its rounds and it's going viral. It says, if you want to stay home, stay home. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you want to avoid large crowds, avoid large crowds. I am not required to descend into poverty for you. I am not required to abstain from human contact for you. I am not required to shop alone without my kids for you. I refuse to participate in quarantine life. 
until there's an unsafe, untested vaccine released in 18 months. I refuse to receive said vaccine to make others feel more safe. I won't set myself or my children on fire to keep you warm. If you're convinced the vaccine is safe and effective, you can get it yourself. Some of you are allowing fear and policies devoid of scientifically accurate data to destroy America and ruin your life. I cannot control your self-destructive behaviors, but we all have a say in America. We need to tell legislators that we demand options. We have a constitutional right to take risks. Life is full of bacteria and viruses, many of which spread before symptoms manifest and after they subside. We have a right to receive or refuse vaccines. The data was inaccurate at best, purposely overblown to justify government overreach at worst. Stop allowing the government to destroy the food supply, small businesses, medical autonomy, access to healthcare, religious gatherings, privacy rights, and fellowships. When the quote-unquote new normal is filled with starvation, depression, suicide, child abuse, domestic violence, imprisonment, government spying, and pure desperation, the virus is going to look preferable to the world you helped facilitate. And I've been saying this, not in those words, but the same concept from day one. And I will say it again. Economic health is inextricable from public health. And today, I want to leave you with a piece of advice. I don't like to preach, but I just want people to be equipped, especially during these difficult times. I say it all the time. Think for yourself. I'm going to give you some tips for thinking critically. Everyone thinks differently. And because of that, there are a plethora of different ways and methods that you can use to help develop and learn critical thinking skills. And here's just a few. Think realistically. Be open-minded. Do not fall into a gray area. Step away from the bandwagon. Do not judge. Find your humor. Be curious. Investigate. Control your emotions. Be wary of authority figures. Flattery traps. Watch your ego. Practice positive self-talk. Be empathetic. Listen. Do not stereotype. And breathe under pressure. I guarantee you, if you follow most of these, you'll be able to control your thoughts. You'll be able to use your brain and thoughts to the best of your ability. And you'll be well on your way to developing your own opinions and waving goodbye to the bandwagon which is so prevalent and pervasive right now. That's it for this Corona Chronicles. Remember to support this independent platform that's not embedded with corporate or government tentacles by subscribing at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. We're almost at 100,000 subscribers. Give us that little push. I know you can. Thanks for listening. I'm Mel Fabregas. Until next time, be well.